0: Welcome to Future Docs Podcast. I'm your co-host, Dr. Badram Nazani, a family physician and Chief Clinical Officer at AC Medical.
1: And I'm your other co-host, Dr. Valen Rosas, a leadership intern here at AC Medical and a 2023 residency candidate. We also invite you to watch the video version of this podcast by visiting youtube.com forward slash acmedical And today we have episode number 64, iMatch Series PGY-1 Internal Medicine, Part 2. Once again, Dr. Brahman, thank you for your time and the willingness to share experience with others who are following in your footsteps. And for our future docs who are also considering internal medicine, we encourage you to hear and or watch the episode number 63.
0: But of course, uh, you know, great applications should also be supplemented with a, with a good number of interviews and hopefully a really good interview performance. And so Dr. Bramian, go ahead and tell us How many interviews did you secure in the 2022 match, if you don't mind?
2: Sure. Thank you for having me for the first time. And regarding the interviews, I secured a total of 13 interviews.
0: 13 interviews. And how many were you expecting?
2: Well, I think I was expecting five or six.
0: Okay. And so were any of these interviews that you were offered outside of the match?
2: Yes, I had one interview that was outside of matches.
0: Okay, got it. And then so that one obviously didn't get ranked, and 12 of them were on the rank order this time.
1: Yes. And did you attend all 13 interviews?
2: Yes, of course. I think every interview is uh, an opportunity. And uh, because I applied to the program, I was interested in there. And of course, I attended every interview I had.
1: And were they all online and did anybody request you to come in person
2: yeah so this application season all interviews were online i think just several programs invited for a second look after the interview so after the interview is done you could go to the hospital like of course you would speak with your program coordinator you would schedule a special day for the tour but it was like two or three programs that were actually offering on-site tour for a second look.
1: And did you go for the second look in person? Yes, of course. And then what were the most common questions they asked you?
2: I think when it comes to questions, it was number one, clinical experience. So what they want to actually know is what kind of clinical experience you had before and if you are staying clinically active right now during the interview season.
0: So would you say during the interview season, they were mostly interested in your clinical activities?
2: They were equally interested, you know. So if you did clinical rotations before you applied in order to secure a letter of recommendations, that's great. You had to have it in order to get a strong letter of recommendations. But it doesn't mean that it's over after the interview season starts, it's another six or eight months ahead before you would potentially start your PGY1 in June or July. So you have to constantly stay clinically active in order to be interesting for the program.
0: During the interviews, did they care about your USMLE scores?
2: No, no, no. Better.
0: Did they care about your year of graduation?
2: Yes. So, and the reason they cared is kind of like what you were doing since you graduated so i graduated several years ago and then i immigrated to the states and i was working on my application on my board exams it took some time i didn't have any gaps since i came to the states because i was constantly working in clinical rotations or i was doing research or there were constantly activities that was related to the specialty i was applying to so as long as you can explain what you've been doing all this time and you were truly staying clinically active and relevant to the specialty i don't think you would have any complications but keep in mind that there a is five year cutoff, so it's better to get everything done before that
0: and how did you know that they were paying attention to your communication style
2: i think with questions that they were asking There were a lot of behavioral questions, something like, what would you do if you would have that type of scenario at work? Or if you would encounter that conflict at work, what you would do? So I think that's how they would evaluate your communication skills, your critical thinking skills. And they're just looking what kind of team member you would be if you would be in their environment and if you would be a right fit for them. So I think because there is a lot of behavioral questions, that's one of the way how they evaluate your communication skills. But on top of that, once you start the phone call, I mean, or Zoom call with the program, that's when your interview starts. And when it comes to communication, it's not only communication with the person who interviews you currently, but it's also communication with the program coordinator, with residents in the program. So everyone who is related to the program and everyone who you write to or speak to, that's already part of your, your communication. And there are putting like extremely important emphasis on that, and they want to make sure that you are really good candidates, that you would be a right fit and they wouldn't regret about you. So they evaluate every your step.
1: And then step three, did it ever come up in the interviews and did you take it?
2: So for my situation, because uh, I have a green card, so I didn't actually need any visa sponsorship, nobody was actually interested in step three. Like, yeah, I did it. Yeah, I had the result. But I cannot say that was helpful for the match. Except on the only thing that I don't have to take it again during PGY1 and again concentrate on PJ one But for the match, no, it wasn't helpful.
0: Did the interviewers read your personal statement?
2: Oh yeah, they did read. And actually the interesting thing is the program I matched to, we were discussing my personal statement during the interview. And I think that was Kind of interesting, because I didn't expect that. I was thinking that personal statement is just another prerequisite that you have to fulfill in order to apply. But actually, no, they do read personal statements. They do look at your application if you are invited to the interview.
0: Now, where and how did your years of research at Brigham and Women's Hospital and Harvard Medical School affiliates help in the entire match process or, more specifically, in the interview process?
2: I think the only way it helped is I was more aware of how American healthcare system works. I had kind of like experience communicating with uh, great scientists and great physicians. However, when it comes to residency application and when it comes to clinical specialty, you have to have clinical experience. So the research I had, yes, it was great, but what helped me to match is clinical experience.
0: What did the programs have to say about your your, your research activity? Or did it not even come up?
2: Yeah, it was maybe some of the programs would ask that out of curiosity, but other than that, they were more interested in your clinical experience, what kind of patients you had, what you did in, in difficult situations, how you overcome some conflicts at work. So they kind of like evaluating you what kind of team member you would be if you managed there. So I think that's what was really important. That was really helpful.
0: It's just it's not rocket science is it you know? I think,
2: yeah it looks like it's comprehensive but it's actually not because you're applying for a job to be a physician so it makes sense that they would be interested in your patient interaction and your clinical experience so i think that's number one thing that you should do in order to match and if you want to do research like there is nothing bad like you can do I understand however you can do it after you fulfilled all the requirements after you have been clinically active with your patients after you for example like apply to programs and you are still clinically active if you have some time yeah it's great but don't bank on that you really have to understand that what is important is clinical experience because at that what everyone wants to know, because in several months you were potentially working with patients. So you want to make sure that you're good at it. Yeah.
0: It's a lot better utilization of time also.
2: Yeah.
1: And what was the one thing that surprised you most during interviews?
2: Well, I think number one thing is, again, that they were interested in uh, my previous clinical rotations, what I did there, how I did it, what kind of patient interaction I had, and then. Again, like what I was doing during this interview season, if I did any volunteer experience uh, with the patients, or if I had any clinical rotations, or basically what I was doing during all those months where the interview season goes on because they want to make sure that you didn't just apply to the programs and you are doing nothing they want to make sure that you are truly passionate about your specialty, that you are still clinically involved in your field that you are working with societies of your specialty for example in one of my interviews they like directly asked me if I was active in any societies of that specialty, I was like, yeah, of course, like I'm active in internal medicine society, for example, like in ACP, I was working with uh, IMG uh, counseling of ACP and I could come up with uh, that experience. So they really want to make sure that you are uh, patient about specialties, that that's your first choice and that you are staying inside that specialty being clinically active
1: and then after the interviews how did you follow up with the programs and what would you say is the best way to follow up with them email text message calling
2: yeah i think it's uh, it's a good question because it's really important to have a right communication after the interview because after the interview is done It's still, like every communication, it's still part of your interview because the ranking is not over, right? So they are still going to take every piece of information about you when it comes to ranking. So I think I approached every program individually. And after the interview was over, I would ask them what this post-interview communication protocol is how can I write or how can I email? Do you want me to send thank you notes? Like, you know, like, not directly like that, of course, like, I would wrap it up in a like, in a more kind of, like, hidden way. But I asked them what they wanted me to do. And some program, they directly would tell us after interview, like, don't, don't send us thank you notes. Like, don't email us after interview because we already interviewed you. We already have your uh, information. We already made our uh, evaluation of every person who we interviewed. Don't communicate with us um, like un- unless something changes with your application. So I think because of that, it's extremely important to ask the program how to communicate properly.
1: And just curious um the one program that you matched into how was that post interview communication
2: for that program it was um pretty open i would say we were allowed like to ask Any additional questions we would have, Uh, like after interview, we were provided emails of Mm -hmm. residents, of current residents of that program. So we could email them and ask if we have any questions. We could email to program director if we had any questions, but of course, like you have, keep in mind that everyone is extremely busy. Um, but it was kind of like pretty open and actually what changed my ranking a little bit is that uh we had a second look at that program and it was kind of like an experience when everyone who graduated from the program he came to that session and he gave his experience like he shared his experience he he shared his opinion about the program and i saw just how many good words like how, how how amazed the people were how grateful the people were because they already graduated from the program they didn't have any relationship to that program at all and so their opinion was really honest and i think i was surprised how many good words was said about program and i was like okay i want to be part of it because if all those people were so amazed and they were so grateful it, it really means that this program is special and i want to be there
0: it kind of anyway. sounds like uh you know, you've been present over here with us, and and sharing your story now with people that have been listening and following in your footsteps. Yeah. Um, last question: What's the one thing that candidates should not do when they're ranking programs?
2: Well, uh, I think when it comes to ranking, it's it's extremely important because that's that's your life. You you want to be in a program that you want to be and uh, you want to maximize your chances to be in a program that is the right fit for you so you have to be really thoughtful and when it comes to ranking you shouldn't go uh, with uh, what the program will tell you for example they will tell you after the interview something like oh we actually liked you and we are ranking your number one like it doesn't mean that you should take that program that you actually didn't like and from number 10 of your on like, number 15 and your rank or the list and put it to number one. No, that's not how it works, right? You have to go with uh, your own um, experience after the interview. That's what is actually important. And you have to come up with a lot of factors when you are creating your rank or the list, it's kind of like it's another process when you have like another spreadsheet and there are like a bunch of different factors and you put it all together and you evaluate and because that's your life for the next three years so it's extremely important to be as thoughtful as possible and another thing that i know some people do is they would rank the program higher because uh, they believe that they have a higher chance to match there. That's not how the algorithm works. The algorithm works is they take into consideration your willingness to which program you want to be, and then they look at if the program want to take you. So because the algorithm starts with you, you should really rank the program where you want to be and just go from your top program to your the program that you want to be last, and create your rank order list and just submit it and hopefully you will match to your top choice program i wish everyone good luck on their rank order list
0: well thank you so much sector abramian uh for your time today and last week we're so blessed to have you join us as a member you uh, you make our society better and uh and i'm sure that there will be many years to come where we will work with you and hopefully one day Not only will you come back and be another co-host in a Future Docs podcast, but hopefully we'll continue to work with you here at AC Medical, uh, and you continue to do good things for the medical graduate community for following in your footsteps. So thank you so
2: much for your time. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. And to our listeners,
1: this concludes this Future Docs podcast episode. And if you're listening to this podcast, be sure to watch the video form on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash AC Medical Org. If you have any questions or comments, suggestions, please email our producers directly at podcast at or you can visit our website at acmedical.org. And thank you once again, Dr. Abramyan and Dr. Mazani, and our future docs. We'll see you all next week.
0: See you all next week. Thank Bye you.
1: Bye-bye. Bye-bye.